What would happen if we took our skills, our heart, our career, job, whatever else has been given to us or what's right in front of us, and we used it to spread some hope and happy? This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. They are you happy? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What am I doing? This isn't our regularly scheduled Happy Life podcast. No, 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 no. This is The Secretary. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> hey, what's up, Happy Lifer? I'm so glad that you joined us today. You know, Happy Life Studios is home to a lot of things. One of those is life coaching. Happy Life Coaching is all about helping people find the answers, accomplish their goals and dreams that are already inside of them. They're just usually hidden. Alyssa Toms is one of those people. You probably remember her from the Happy Secretary episode 242, where I interviewed this amazing human. In fact, I was so impressed with Alyssa and how she stepped out of her comfort zone, took what was right in front of her, her job and this crazy idea, and decided to use it to spread hope and happy. So I asked Alyssa if we could help her with this crazy dream she had of of starting a podcast and then host it at Happy Life Studios. She said yes. So I am so excited and proud to be able to introduce to you the very first episode of The Secretary. (laughs) Brought to you by Happy Life Studios. Welcome to The Secretary Podcast, where we dive into the nitty-gritty discussions about God and how to live a real life. I am Alyssa Toms, an admin and secretary from Harvest Time Church, Wisconsin. With my desk in the middle of all these crazy discussions from different pastors at the church about numerous topics and only a portion of it making it into the sermon on Sunday, I wanted to bring you into my world of being in the crossroads of these amazing discussions. Today, we're going to be talking about how God fits into your personal relationships. Uh, With me today, I have Pastor Kim Buckman. He is the senior pastor at Harvest Time Church in Eau Claire. Um, He has an amazing family, uh, two wonderful girls and a wife, and I get to work with him. He's one of the pastors that kind of walks by my desk and teaches me a lot of amazing things just as casual conversation. It's really ridiculous. Um, Bible scholar, just like his dad, his dad was a Lutheran pastor and knew the Bible inside and out. And I think that kind of rubbed off on Pastor Kim himself. Uh, True man of God, we're really blessed to have you. Thank you for coming in today. Oh man, it's great to be here. I kind of laugh because, uh, <laughs> you know, what an introduction. But you say, I teach you all these things and all I can think of in my mind is walking by and say, can you make 20 copies of this? <laughs> I'm glad that you think you're learning something in the middle of all that. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I've learned a lot about copying. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to do it better than I do. So You want handwritten copies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you again for joining us. And I do have a couple of... Um, Topics about this, uh, we're going to be talking. So, how does God fit into your personal relationships? We know, um, 
you as a, you as a listener, you have influence in a lot of people's lives. You have influence over your family and your friends. Some are Christians and some are non-Christians. And a lot of times we're told as a church to go out and be the church, but also Jesus, he had these amazing, true, genuine, unique relationships with his disciples. It wasn't just always, which I mean, he did teach and he was a great teacher, but he had these relationships. They loved him. They, they were friends with him. So where's that balance? We're going to start with, um, like, how does God fit in your relationship with your family and spouses and then friends? If you want to talk a little bit about those two things. All right. I, I can tell you this. It is a little unique being a pastor because growing up with my girls, I have two girls and growing up with them, we do things. And the line was always, well, that's because you're a pastor. And I had always convinced them, no, it's not because I'm a pastor. If I never pastored a church, this is who we are. You know, the the Bible's still really important to me. Prayer is really important. I would still be sharing with other people. And so, you know, that that conflict is a little different being a pastor (laughs) because it's your job and your life. And trying to separate those two things is unique as a pastor, but still... um, Shining it to the kids and saying, this is the reality, whether I'm a pastor or not, was the battle. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So you said it is a little different because you do have, you are a pastor and it's kind of, it is your job, but, but carrying that over to even our listeners, it is a very detrimental part of, of being a a parent is to to still have those um, disciplines in the Bible and your prayer life, correct? Is oh yeah, and I, let me go back to high school. I can remember this even back in high school. I grew up in a paper mill town where pretty much everybody worked at the paper mill or the grocery store to give groceries to the paper mill workers. Small town, yeah, very yeah. small town. And I remember a student uh, coming up to me that I went to class with, and they said, "What's it like being a pastor's kid?" I didn't know how to answer that, so I said, "What's it like being a paper mill?" worker's kid. And he literally said, how am I supposed to answer that? And I go, exactly. I don't know how to answer that. You know, it's just the reality of that. I mean, I guess you only see one side and you don't think about it until, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I can just be real. This is who I am. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, conversations, I I live in a cul-de-sac and one thing about living in cul-de-sacs over streets, you do know your neighbors. That's cool. Much better. When you're on a street, you may know a person left or right, but a cul-de-sac, I know all seven houses. Yeah. You got your own little You know, we're a little community there. And then, you know, the faces of the people outside the cul-de-sac, but it's a little unique. And then again, being a pastor, um, it's amazing how easy conversations can flip. Yeah. You know, being a pastor, you know, they'll bring things up. and Do they change when they find out you're a pastor? So you'll start talking to someone or do they do pretty much? They kind of knew right away because, yeah. you know, you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Kim. What do you do? Uh, I belong to an international corporation that's feeding the hungry, taking care of the sick. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I'm a pastor. Yeah. You know, blow away and trying to multi-billion dollar industry around the world. Yes. So uh, along with that, I guess, so you're saying um, being that spiritual leader with your family, but with your friends, you're saying there's people that you meet. Um, where, where does God fit into those, those relationships when you do meet? So you just say you're a pastor, but, mm-hmm. but once you start getting to know him, have him over to, for dinner, like where does he kind of fit in? Do you, does it naturally come out or do you have yeah, to push? It, well, th- that's the battle, I think. Um, I, I, I've changed over the years because mm-hmm. it had to push. Let's go out and do... Uh, 
evangelism, if I can use that word. Let's go yes. win people to Jesus. And, you know, I still go out. We, we go out and pray with people, you know, specific times of doing that. But, boy, I think so much more it's who we are. Yeah. And it should be very natural, you know, like you naturally talk about things you love. It's not hard for me to bring up fishing, you know, in conversations and mm-hmm. bring them over. It, it's a very natural thing, and I bring it up. And if my passion for God, as it grows, uh, it should be natural. Yeah. You know, just looking for opportunities to do it. I, I shouldn't make it like, oh, now I got to share Jesus with them. We've had fun playing uh, Uno. Yeah. Now I got to switch it over to Jesus. So it's not <laughs> like a project that. mindset. That is the problem. I think too many of it yeah. make people projects. And we're not called to make people projects. We're called to love yeah. others. And in all honesty, Jesus loved others and they still killed him. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not always you should get love in return, but that's not a that's a hard part too. It's, yeah, it's not the prerequisite. <laughs> hey, if you love me, I'll love you back. That's sure. not a standard we're allowed to but live it, by. We gotta yeah. love even if they hate us. You know, I there's somebody that lives close to us, um, adamant against Christianity, hates it, but we still talk every time we go by. Hey, how you doing? So today? You guys are how friends. are you? Yeah, when they're yeah. in the yard, I'm in the yard. You know, we're going by. How's your dog doing? I know he had a tumor. Yeah, you know, bringing up stuff that you care and concern. And it's amazing how you can still do that. Now, we've never had them over to eat. Yeah. And Do you do that, that on purpose? Hmm? You do that on purpose? You keep a little distance or are you... No, like, no. It's a distance they have. Uh, sure. And like I said, it, it's natural questions. I, I remember talking to somebody once and they were like, boy, it's just getting harder and harder to keep centered, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And keep the peace. And I'm like, yeah, if you're looking inside yourself for peace, but yeah, my peace comes externally. Sure. From God, not a universe, but God. You know, just little question. Oh, yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, but that that's all it was. It was. So having peace with those people, because I do see, I personally do see when there are um, people that believe in God, they're Christians that, that they do go out with that project mindset and it's almost, it's almost abrasive. It causes yeah. friction and makes, it doesn't win anything. So having that peace and, and um, I guess it kind of reminds me of that uh, part in the Bible where Jesus says to, you know, if, if, if people don't receive what you're saying, like kick the dust of, of the, uh, off your boots and go to the next city kind of. Yeah. I mean, you can't let it, I'm, I can't talk to anybody ever again. Cause the last one went so bad. Yeah. That's what shaking the dust off, you know, just shake it. Yeah. Shake it. And just, you're, you're meant to be this light, mm-hmm. and, but you, but you do it naturally, you do it peacefully and you still build those relationships is kind of the, that, that's it. Uh, like I said, I, I can't be doing this with ulterior motives. Yeah. That I'm, I'm just doing it so I get a chance to share Jesus with them. I, I'm called to be who I'm called to be. Yeah. And if I really love people, uh, you, you said the abrasiveness. Uh, Bible says always be ready to give an answer. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I pray, God will open up opportunities and I just have to walk through them and give that answer. And But it says do it with gentleness and respect. And others like respect that. the other person. Even if they hate me, I got to respect their freedom to make a choice. Well, we're going to, I'm just going to kind of, cause that kind of goes into our, our next question with how do you balance showing God to people and maintain that close, genuine relationship? It kind of goes with what we were talking about, but, um, it, cause you're saying you, you approach it with love and gentleness, not as a project, um, event that is going to turn into a genuine relationship. And like you said, there are some barriers with that non-Christian neighbor that you have, mm that's from them. It, it's, it's a, na- it's not a natural thing for you guys. Cause you don't share that same, 
kind of uh, like obviously God is a very important part of your life and they haven't they're they're not quite there. So but you still are cordial, you're still like loving to that person, but your um natural relationships will happen based on your on your what you guys both like. Yeah. Um but if you want to talk a little bit about like developing maintaining a close relationship so you go uh, for some of our listeners going to watch football together, going to do these things that aren't necessarily Christian activities but building this community getting close to people, maintaining a, a genuine relationship, but still being able to show God in those kind of, you know, we have life groups here, like those, mm-hmm. those times that um, you're not doing this, you're not going to church, you're not doing a life group or um, like a small group at church, but you're going to a football game or you're, you're going to a concert. Is there, is there any point there that might allow for a little room for, for you to talk about God or, but still be in a genuine relationship with that person? If you kind of see what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Get a, just disagree with one statement you said. Yep, that's fine. Uh, the term Christian activity. Sure. That, that to me, that's a light switch thing. Yep. That uh, Romans says, anything not done in faith is sin. So if we do the flip side of that, everything done in faith is glorying God. And if I love in him, so I can go to a concert, and for me, it's a Christian activity because I love God and God loves me. Everything I do is a Christian activity. Just because I'm not going to a concert where the guy sings about God or I go to a concert, you know, I mean, we went to a thing, uh, Stomp, where they take all these different, oh, you know what Stomp is, you know, different things and create beats. And it's great. But if I love God, everything I do, uh, the key there is we also have to realize that God may interrupt anything I'm ever doing. And I got to be open to stopping anything I'm doing and go another direction yeah. Okay, I'm on my way somewhere and somebody's on the side of the road. Do they need help with the car? Is this something I'm supposed to do? I doubt if God would ask me to do that because I can't do anything with a car. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you see, the, the ability to be able to be interrupted, Yeah, I think that. And when I'm close to God, I try to hear his voice and allow those interruptions to come in. I can be at a restaurant and the waitress can come and something's on there. Man, she's burdened. And I'll ask, hey, how are you doing? I remember one, we were just there. How are you doing? Oh, fine, great. Of course they're going to say that. I go, no, really, uh, what's going on? I, I just feel your little burden. She, and she said, am I showing it? Uh, I just came to work here, and the guy I'm living with, I found out he's having an affair with somebody else. So I'm trying to decide, do I go home after work, or do I go to my mother's or anything? So she said, I'm fine. I'm awesome. And we were able to pray with her as a waitress, and then when you pray with someone as a waitress, you got to leave a big tip, yeah. you know, none of those eight or 10%, you gotta, you know, you yeah. gotta do it. But that, that's what I want. That sensitivity that he interrupted my meal to help a woman, give her wisdom. Does she go home at the end of this shift? Yeah. Cause he's there. And does she want to face that or does she go to mom's? I love that. Being sensitive, no matter what relationship or where you're at, being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit might be throwing at you. And I feel like that might take a little bit of learning. Um, failures. It's yeah, going to take failures. Lots like, of failures. Yeah. Oh, maybe that wasn't. And maybe not failure. That, that was a horrible. Now I'll rebuke myself. Well, uh, I, because I, I, I think sometimes we try to measure whether it was success or failure. I think if we do what we're called to do, leave it to God. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have gotten real mad at us. And oh, fine. And a new waitress showed up. Does that mean I shouldn't have done what I did? I don't know. Yeah, you probably you know? a little bit, but you were doing why, it lovingly. <laughs> why would somebody get so mad over something like that unless, you know, something else is yeah. happening? Uh, here's something I love. There's a book in the Bible called Acts. Yeah. 
And it's about, most of it's about a guy named Paul going from city to city, starting churches. And he would always go to the city and go to the temple first, the synagogue, not temple, synagogue. And he was comfortable there. And he'd start conversations because they were all talk the same language. Well, he went to the city called Philippi, and Philippi didn't have a synagogue. So how do we start? Well, he had a guy with him called Timothy. Timothy was very evangelistic, loved sharing. And it said they decided to go down to the river and see what was happening there. Maybe that was Timothy's idea. Let's just hang at the river. And the Bible says a conversation started with some women. This woman named Lydia becomes a believer, and she becomes a great supporter of the ministry. So they just said, let's just hang at the river. We always go to the synagogue. That's not happening in this city. Let's just hang here and see what happens. And isn't that it? If we just live a life, let's just hang here and see what happens. God, I'm hanging here. I want to see what happens. And if he's the most important thing, he can interrupt everything. It's not that I'm walking everywhere. God, I'm at the grocery store. Is there something you want to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you're doing your life and then God kind of whispers to you things and, and yeah. you kind of just sees opportunities that he presents. First, when you said hang at the river, I was like, well, Pastor Kim likes to fish. So he's probably oh, that's like, I'll an easy that. <laughs> I think that's why that story jumped at me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if anything's biting today. What are you doing, today? Timothy? I want to see if you catch anything. No, um, I see what you're saying with the um, Christian activities. Um I, even though I was trying to generalize, but you're right. It, it, everything you do as It's just wording. As a it's person, just wording. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's what I, I love because we are told to be the church, and I think that that's kind of what it embodies, what you just said there, because we're, we're told it, and you're like, yes, I'm going to be the church where I go, and it's powerful, but when you really think about it and you break it down, that's what it is, is just always being sensitive and seizing opportunities no matter where you're at. If you're working at a cash register or if you're working as a bus- in a business office and your, your boss is having a bad day, there, there's always going to be opportunities. You don't need to be at a church to, to, to see opportunities in your life. Yeah. So when you're saying people leave on Sunday, they don't just forget about what they're you know, in this state. They're in this spiritual state when they come here because God moved or something in their life and they, they had something happen with their family and, and you, you could feel healing or something. But take that home with you and resonate with that for the rest of the week or for the rest of your life. And that, again, back to the verse, that's the hope that's in us. It's not that everything's perfect, but there's a hope. And I can share that hope with others, you know, that are going around us. And I think uh, Bible also says that even when you're going through trials, comfort others with mm-hmm. the comfort we're getting. And so, you know, there's things around, especially in today's society, you know, there's such a weightiness and heaviness in so many. Mm-hmm. I don't think conversations are really hard to flip anymore. <laughs> yeah, with what you're saying, especially what's going on specifically this year. Yeah, it's been... People are hungry. Yeah. People want to know. Even if they don't know they want to know, they're, they're searching something. Yeah. It's an interesting life. And kind of going, you're, you're saying um, we have our next, kind of our next area is how do you do this without driving people away or offending? You kind of hit on it with your um, talking about going at it with love because it's hard to be mad at someone who's just coming at you like, I care about you. Yeah. But there are people that do get offended. How do you, how do you navigate not offending people, I guess? Yeah. Well, in that area, I do try to hide them a pastor, uh, for the same purpose as my daughters, because some people say, well, that's your job. Yeah. You got to be like this, but normal people would not be like this. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I'm not flipping the switch of pastor role rather than, you know, this is who I am. Yeah. And that's who I am. And then you said that uh, the Bible says the gospel is an offense. 
Mm-hmm. Some people are going to hate it because we're light and we expose sin. Hey, I can love you, but you know what? The lifestyle you're living is not lining up with what God calls us to. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we bring exposure to that, they're going to like absolutely hate us, you know, for that. And so in some ways, the question is, how do we do it without offending? You do like it Like I said, one of the very first lines I used, Jesus just loved and they killed him yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, he offended them so bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, that they killed him. And so in some ways that may be an impossibility, but then I also have to realize that I'm not trying to win an argument. You know, somebody, it, here's probably one of the best things I think we could learn how to do is just listen to other people and not try to correct them. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's why you think that, you know, and, and they may be the most bizarre thing and whatever, but find the time when they'll want to listen to me. Hey, I listen to you. Yeah. There'll be a time that they listen to me. It's almost like a pride thing too. You want to, you want to almost combat, you want to argue just because you don't want to look bad. I was kind of resonating with you. You're a pastor and they see a pastor and they're, they're, they're going to not swear. They're going to whatever. Yeah. But if I even say I work at a church, people kind of treat me that way Same too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even a pastor. And, then, and so I guess what we're doing is we got to pray for a genuine love because if they get offended, at us, then we're offended because they did that, you know, the shaking of the dust type thing that God help me to love this person, even though everything we believe, mm-hmm. you know, even though they have the wrong political sign in front of their house, sure. <laughs> you know, God, can I still love that person next to me? You know, some of that's just adulting. And then, uh, the Bible says the fruits of the spirit pour out of our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We, we live those things. There's an attraction to fruit. You know, the, isn't that what a grocery store is? They make the fruit look so good. You want to grab some of them. Yeah. And you know, unless they're, if they're not pre-bagged, you just grab a bag, you check each one. Is this something I want? Yeah. And I think if we let the fruit of the spirit shine in our life, is that something I want in my life? Yeah. And that's only the Holy Spirit shining through us. It's amazing. And there's a humility yeah. that comes with that because I'm not naturally patient, kind, good, gentle. None of that's natural <laughs> for me. And I need God to bring that up. It magnetizes people if, you know, if having that spirit in you. Yeah. yeah. And so if anything, if whether they accept my message or not, they know there's a difference. And I think that's what we need, that people just know there was a difference. Yes. We're light. We're supposed to make the world better. You know, uh, I read this story this morning, actually. Uh, it's Italian. I may massacre the name. Chiara Lubeck. Chiara Lubeck. 1939. In Italy, uh, World War II started. And the bomb started falling, you know, on the city. And what she started doing is going through the rubble, seeing if people were okay, helping people out, people that lost their home. She'd bring them into their home. She had her house packed with people. And she had this message. She said, I'm doing something that bombs cannot destroy, the love of God. No amount of bombs can destroy the love of God. And what they started to do is call her place folklore. Uh, folklore. And like I said, I may massacre the Italian here, which just meant fireplace or sitting at the hearth of the fire, that they felt warmness being around her. And her whole thought was love others the way you'd want people to love you. And to this day, that was in 1939, uh, it said there are 2 million people that are part of folklore, and it's in 182 different countries where people just 
love others. So this was one person walking through the rubble of life around her and seeing how she could help. And it's now grown to 182 countries. That story just blows me away. That's awesome. And it, I don't think she had a strategy or plan that I'm going to make this grow international. Yeah. She just, man, your house is gone. Come with me. You know, so can you imagine so many people at your house that there's, you can't even walk. People are sleeping everywhere. But yeah. they felt like a fireplace. <laughs> Well, we're going to kind of end with this uh, the segment I thought of because we want to be able to apply this to our lives. And you've said a lot of really great gold nuggets of information for our listeners. Um, and now it's your turn. So what is something you can actively, uh, how you can actively apply th- what we've learned today into uh, how you go forward from this podcast? All right. Uh, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is good news that we can't be nervous. We, we do have good news and we can't let that you know, angst in us just chew us up because if I love my wife, I'll talk about my wife. I don't get all nervous. How do I bring Jenny into this conversation? <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. So I would encourage everybody as a take-home thing, uh, let's just folklore. Let's treat somebody today like you'd want to be treated. Uh, let them cut in front of you on the line. <laughs> you know, hold the door for them. Uh, give them your cart. You know, buy buy coffee for the car behind you because you'd love someone to do that for you. Folklore, you know, just today, let's treat somebody else the way you'd want to be treated, you know, in that situation. And let's make that a forefront thought in our minds. And yeah. I think we could see some huge change in our valley here. I agree. Everybody's on pins and needles, and this would just be a, a little way to graze down those those pins. So yeah, I love that. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for taking time today to do this on a Friday. Oh, no doubt. I love being part of what's going on here. Your inaugural podcast. Oh, boy. Unless you've had five others. <laughs> the reason I'm in the inaugural one is she's asked 38 others and all said no. So I yeah. feel honored to be here. <laughs> but Pastor said yes. Pastor Kim. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, really, it's just been, it's been pretty crazy around here. We're getting ready for Christmas and everybody has a lot on their plate. And actually, Pastor does too. So I really do want to thank you for taking time and thank our listeners today um thank you for listening i know you're all over the world we've had podcasts or people listening from all over the world from for our sermons and this is our first discussion based podcast so yes thank you so much and we'll see you next time brought to you by happy life studios